This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. On this episode of Orson Welles on the Air, we'll hear more from the lives of Harry Lyme, the sixth episode of that series, originally aired from August of 1951 to July of 1952. Fifty-two episodes were produced. One we'll hear today is titled The Bohemian Star, this one aired September 7th, 1951. Presenting Orson Welles as The Third Man. Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character, originally created in the motion picture The Third Man, with zither music by Anton Karras. That was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man, yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. No. He had many lives. And I can tell you about all of them. How? Because my name is Harry Lyme. A diamond as big as a hen's egg. Changed that to a duck's egg. And I held it right here in my hand. Not that I had any idea of keeping it, you understand. I was merely recovering it to return it to its rightful owner. Do I hear hollow laughter? All right. You don't have to take my word for it. Ask Scotland Yard. Get them to show you the files. What do you think I am? A crook? Now, Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in The Bohemian Star. London, 1938. One of those quaint old English pubs, you know, with cubicles around the wall. Seated together, a boy and a girl. Not hard to look at either, the girl. Peaches and cream, that wonderful English type. In the next cubicle, a handsome, distinguished-looking American, Harry Lyme. Me. Not eavesdropping, of course, just interested in a casual sort of way. You mean to say you have to work? Yes. But you promised to take me to the pictures. I'm sorry, dear. I didn't know this was going to turn up. Look, Terry, if it's just that you're broke as usual and can't afford a cinema, let's walk in Hyde Park or feed the pigeons in Trafalgar Square or something. 
There's no need to spoil our evening altogether. No, it's not that, Pat. Honestly, I have got a job. The news editor wished it on me just as I was leaving. What do you have to do? It's an interview. Some South American Johnny called Senor Alvarez. I've got an appointment with him at the Hotel Splendid at 8.30. What is it you have to see him about? Well, ever heard of Bocanovia? Hmm, one of those little Balkan states. Uh, that's right. Well, three years ago, there was a revolution, and the monarchy was deposed, and what's ironically known as a People's Republic took its place. On the last plane out, some of the royal family escaped to London with the crown jewels, and they've been here in the safe deposit ever since. What, the royal family? Oh, fathead, no, no, the jewels. Incidentally, the pièce de résistance, as they say, is the Bohemian Star. Oh, I thought that was an opera. Uh-huh. Look, the Bohemian Star is the centerpiece of the scepter, a huge single diamond almost as big as the Cullinan. Makes my engagement ring look a bit silly, doesn't it? I always had a suspicion you were getting me on the cheap. Well, I like cheap. Well, that cost me a week's salary at Hatton Garden. Well, you better demand an increase at once, darling. <laughs> anyway, what does Senor Watt's name fit into all Senor Alvarez is a leading jeweler of Buenos Aires. It seems the National Museum of the Argentine wants a replica of the Bocanovian crown jewels for an exhibition of some sort. And so the Senor's been sent to take photographs, sketches, you know, measurements and so on. When he gets home, he'll reproduce the whole collection in paste. Well, it sounds awfully dull to me. And for that, I have to miss Don Amici. Well, who cares about him? I have to miss Betty Grable. Mm, there's no justice in no. the world. Can't you get out of it somehow? No, I'm sorry, darling. Not a chance. I've always had an interest in jewels. Purely academic, of course. Particularly diamonds. Particularly big diamonds. My night was free. I was feeling in a benevolent mood. So I did what anyone might have done. Excuse me. I I hope you'll forgive my rudeness, but I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. I thought maybe I could help you out if you'd let me. Uh-huh. Perhaps I'd better introduce myself first. My name's Paul Atkinson. Paul Atkinson? Mm. Not the Paul Atkinson of American Associated Press. Well, I, I do an occasional stint for the AAP. Oh, gosh. Well, I read your articles every week. I'm Terry Freeman of the Clarion. Glad to know you, Terry. Uh, this is my fiancé, Miss Pat Weston. Hello, Pat. How do you do? Uh, won't you sit down? Oh, thanks. This uh, is an interview you have to do is sort of spoiling your evening together. I understand. Oh, just one of those things, you There's know. There's nothing we can do about it, I'm afraid. When do you have to turn your copy in? Ten o'clock tomorrow morning. Ten? I'll do better than that. I'll deliver it personally to you at nine on the dot. Guaranteed. Oh, I... Don't follow. Well, you two kids go off to your movie. I'll interview this guy, Alvarez, and write your story for you. Yes, but oh, why should you do a thing like that? Well, why not? I haven't any girlfriends to take out. Pretty poor newspaper man who won't help a colleague when the chance turns up. Oh, it's, it's kind of you, but uh, I couldn't dream of imposing on you like that, Mr. Atkinson. Well, for the record, my friends call me Paul. Oh. <laughs> I assure you it's no imposition. Of course, if you're scared, I won't turn in a story up to standard. Oh, gosh, look, it's not that. Why, you couldn't write a bad story if you tried, but <laughs> look, what would my editor say if he found out? I was going to tell him, you, or me, or Pat here. Of course, there's another way out. Oh, what's that? You go off to your interview... And I'll take Pat to the movies. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wouldn't trust even a newspaper man as far as that. <laughs> okay, then. The uh, Splendid, then. Uh, 8.30? Yes. Look, all uh, Forget same, it, Terry, I... old man. I'm not doing you a good turn. You're doing one for me. On the dot of 8.30, I pressed the bell to Sweet C, third floor, Hotel Splendid. I hadn't figured out any plan of campaign, you understand. This was just a sort of preliminary survey. Smooth South American type introduced himself as Alvarez and invited me in. We drank each other's health and then 
We settle down to business. I am not very accustomed to be interviewed, Senor Freeman. What is the procedure? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. I ask the questions and you answer them. Uh, I will do my best. Well, now, your job is to work out the precise measurements, as I understand it, of the jewels and their settings. So you can make exact replicas for the museum. Is that right? Uh, partly. But you understand it is much more than a matter of mere measurement. Oh, yes, yes, I guess it must be. There is the color of the various jewels, oh, for yes. instance. And some of the settings are of extremely intricate filigree. Tell me, senor, how did you fix it to gain access to the jewels? It was necessary for me to make formal application to the Bocovinian Royal Court in Exile. And you found them cooperative? Well, naturally, one does not expect these favors for nothing. Oh, yes, there will be a certain, how shall I put it, financial adjustment. As I see. Well, how long do you figure the job will take you? I hope to complete it in a month. How long have you been on it now? Just a week. What's the routine? The routine? Well, I dare say there's an armed guard and so on. Oh, but of course, that is inevitable. The Bohemian star alone is worth 500,000 pounds. Yes, that's two million dollars. Now, who provides this guard? The insurance company. There is a room at the safe deposit. And each morning, the item I require is taken in there, and I work on it. Under observation? Yes. Right. There are two detectives who never take their eyes off me or my secretary. So you have a secretary, too? Yes, Manuel Arista. He should be here soon, so perhaps you will meet him. That's fine. Now, uh, tell me, senor, could it be arranged for me to come along one day and watch you actually at work? I cannot say as to that. I'll make a much better story, you know. Perhaps so. But it would be a matter for the Bocovinian authority. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put in an application tomorrow. Will you support it? Naturally. Fine, that's settled then. And now I guess... Uh... Ah, that must be my secretary now. I am in here, Manuel. Oh, everything is fixed, Pedro. That very obliging gentleman, Senor Meyerson, has finished the paste copy of the Bohemian Star, and I have it with me now. Regardless, my friend, it is not that. Manuel. Tomorrow, when the right moment comes, I will distract the attention of the detectives, and you will remove the real jewel and slip this one into place. <coughs> Manuel, we have company. Uh, you oh. fool to talk like that. But how was I to know? Who is this man? One of my sons? This is a gentleman named Freeman, a reporter from the evening, Clary. A reporter? <clears throat> well, uh, thanks uh, very much for the interview, senor. Now, if you don't mind, what I think What is I'll... your hurry? Well, uh, I uh, have to go on back to the office. You can me. wait a little while. Hmm? Let me pour you a drink. Oh, no, uh, thanks very much, old man. I, I think <laughs> Sorry, you'd... I can't stay. Uh... I think you'd better, senor. This gun is loaded. Well, oh. What's the big idea? You do not think we could let you go after what you've heard, eh? Well, now, wait a minute. I'm not the sort of guy who goes around shooting off his mouth. I can keep quiet. Mm. It is my intention to see you do keep quiet. What oh, is? There are ways. Or well, how? Well, such as uh, we could kill you. Yeah, yes, I suppose you could, but you won't. What makes you so sure? Well, these walls aren't very soundproof. The shot would be heard. I have a knife. Okay, you could kill me with your little knife. Then what? How do you mean? Having an odd body lying about the place might prove to be a little embarrassing, don't you think? You never conceal one in here. You couldn't risk getting it out without being caught. There would be certain difficulties, I assume. So it looks as though you'll have to trust me after all. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Good night, gentlemen. One moment, senor. There are other ways. Oh? <laughs> what, for instance? Well, this. What? Oh! Manuel, I have told you before... I detest violence. <laughs> that should keep him quiet for a little while. You know, I've been thinking, why should a reporter on an English newspaper be an American? I eh? dare say it does happen. Yes, perhaps so, but you must admit it is unusual. 
What are you looking for in his pockets? Papers. Ah, a letter. There, what did I tell you? It is addressed to Harry Lyme. Harry Lyme? But you know the but name? But of course. So does every police department in the world. You mean... I mean that compared with him, we are amateurs. Ah, uh-huh. so that's it, We eh? must do something, Manuel. I know. I will drive the car to the back entrance, and we will take him down the back stairs. Like he is now? Well, why not? We will be seen. If we will say he's drunk. Then we'll drive him to the country and uh, dispose of him. As he himself would say, take him for a ride. Don't be foolish. There will be no killing. But surely... We are jewel thieves, not murderers. A man like Lyme would have powerful friends who would stop at nothing to get even with us. Besides, this is England. What is that to do with it? There is an institution here known as Scotland Yard. Extremely efficient, I'd understand. I have no wish to die with a rope around my neck, even if you have. Very well. You make a better suggestion. All right. We steal the Bohemian Star tomorrow, right? Right. Tomorrow evening we catch a plane, and next morning we are in New York, where we have many good friends who will look after us, right? Right. And then it is quite simple. All we have to do is to keep our friends here quiet for a day and a half. And after that, it will not matter how much he talks. Yes, and how are we going to do that? eh? Matt is up to Senor Mayerson. He must find us a quiet place somewhere and a reliable man to see that Senor Lyme does not escape till we are clear. I will telephone him now. Aha. You are waking up, Senor. Mm. We are going to take a little journey soon, but uh, I do not think it wise you should mm. appear in public like this. Do you? Mm. <laughs> That's better. Pleasant dreams, senor. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Now, Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with The Bohemian Star. It was early morning when I finally came to. My jaw ached where Moritz had clipped me, and I had the great granddaddy of a hangover. Ooh. I lay still for a while, and then took a sort of tentative look around. The room I was in was small, had a sort of shut-in feeling. Then, I saw something else. A man. One of the biggest, toughest, ugliest characters I'd ever clapped eyes on. Though, in a way, he looked sort of nice ugly, if you know what I mean. Not the, not the mean type. He stood up when he realized I was awake, and as soon as he spoke, I knew I was right about it. 
Watch it, chum. Have a good sleep. Well, you ought to know. <laughs> Been slumbering like an innocent babe, you have. Here, how'd you feel? More like something the cat dragged in. There wouldn't be any coffee on that stove, would there? Hmm? No. no. Well, I can fix you up with a nice cup of tea. The kettle will be boiling in a minute. Oh, that's fine. Say, what's your name? Charlie. Mine's Harry. Pleased to meet you, Harry, I'm sure. Charlie, old man, where are we? Uh-huh. That'd be telling. How'd I get here? <laughs> Sorry, chum. I ain't allowed to give no information. Strict instructions. Mm. I understand. How's that tea coming along? Won't be off a tick now. I slept again afterwards. It's going on for midday when I woke. Charlie had some food ready. After we'd eaten, he suggested a game of cribbage to pass the time. I disapprove of gambling, except maybe poking for real stakes with a few aces up my sleeve. But my only hope was to cultivate Charlie. Thank goodness he was no hothouse flower. So we settled down to play. After about an hour, I judged the time for action was right. Fifteen-two, fifteen-four, a pair six, and one for his knob seven. Puts me out. That's a sprat you owe me. A sprat? Yeah, a tanner. Sixpence. Oh, oh, here you are. So, your deal. Oh, sure. Look what I've done. Spilled them all over the floor. That's all right, chum. I'll pick them up. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. One more for luck. Sorry, Charlie, old man. You're a nice guy. I tore up a sheet and bound and gagged Charlie. He had some keys in the pocket. I let myself out. I guess I'd been right. I was somewhere in the East End. I walked till I found a main road and then called a cab. Where to, Governor? Uh, Hotel Strandee. Now, double your fare if you get me there in 15 minutes. Right. Hang on. to tackle this job, the bold approach. At the Splendide, I went straight over to the desk and asked for Senor Alvarez. Um, sorry, sir, he's not in at present. Well, how about his secretary? Well, he's not in either, sir. They haven't checked out, have they? They're still staying here. They leave my plane for New York this evening, I understand, sir. Uh, is there, is there any message? No, 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 thanks. That's, that's okay. <laughs> made the snatch yet. I had no idea where the safe deposit was, so all I could do was wait. Found a spot where I could keep out of sight and watch the elevators at the same time. An hour passed. An hour and a half. And then, there they were. As their elevators started to rise, I took the stairs three at a time. I reached the third floor just as the door of their suite was closing behind them. I wanted that bohemian star. Nothing greedy, you understand, but now or never. Gun in hand, I pressed the bell. You. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I wouldn't reach for a gun if I were you, nor you, Aritza. Unless you've a wish to commit suicide. Just keep your hands up. Well up. <laughs> That's much more sensible. How did you get here? I got here by cab, if it's of any particular... Oh, Charlie. 
Don't worry about him. He'll get over it. Come on, let's go into the sitting room and have a nice cozy talk. After you, senor. And you. Hmm. Ah, it's more like it. All right, chums. The Rock. The Rock? Diamond, the Diamond, the Bohemian Star. But you're mistaken, senor. Oh. We have not got it, have we, Manuel? We know there must be some misunderstanding. The only misunderstanding has been so far was the new fellows mistaking me for a sucker. Step over here towards me, Oritza. What, me, senor? Come on, do as you're told. I'll turn you back. Keep those hands well up. Hmm. Nice, efficient little piece of ironmonger you've got. I'll have that, if you don't mind. Oh, good, huh? But no diamonds. Okay. You're next, Alvarez. But I'll assure you, senor, I give you my word of honor. And what's this? Your word of honor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite a hunk of stone, isn't it? You won't mind if I take charge of this, I'm sure. Senor, senor, let us talk. What more is there to say? We made a mistake, Manuel and I. We admit... Considering I have the stone in this gun, that seems rather obvious, don't you think? What I mean is that we made a mistake when we met last night, not inviting you to join us in this enterprise. Oh, what gives you the idea that I might have joined you? you in this? Our Harry Lime, are you not? Correct me if I'm wrong, but surely our object in this case has been the same. To obtain the Bohemian Star. Our object, maybe, but not our purpose. You speak in riddles, senor. Oh, no, 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 not at all, old man. You stole this jewel for your own enrichment. I've taken it from you now to return it to its rightful owner. Its rightful owner? You will pardon us if we smile, senor. You don't believe me? Okay, sit down, gentlemen. I have a little telephoning to do. Hello? Operator, get me Whitehall. One, two, one, two. That is Scotland Yard. Sure, you Scotland do not mean Yard. that you are going Please, to telephone. Senor, put down that telephone before it is too late, eh? Let us make a bar. Hello? Hello, is, is that Scotland Yard? It's all right, Mr. Lyme. You needn't bother with that call. Now, what's the idea? Who, who are you guys? I'm Detective Inspector Marsh, and this is my assistant, Sergeant Andrews. Well, not so fast. How do I know you two are on the level? Hmm? Oh, here's my warrant card. Oh, glad to know you, Inspector. This all seems annoying. Sorry, I sounded suspicious, but, you know, you might have been a couple of crooks, too. <laughs> of course, the point hadn't occurred to me. This is an outrage. You have made a great mistake, senor. Uh, well, we'll trash that out of the yard later. Uh, take him away, sergeant. Yes, sir. Uh, come on, you two. Well, I'm certainly glad you turned up when you did. I can't figure out is how you got in so quietly. My ears don't miss much, and I'll, I'll swear I never heard that front door open. Well, of course you didn't. We've been here all the time. Here, in this actual room? Yes, behind those curtains. Well, I'll be darned. And what's more, we have a friend of yours. You can come out now, Mr. Freeman. Hello there. Why, Terry, I don't get all this. Oh, it's all quite simply explained. When you didn't turn up this morning, I got a bit worried, so I phoned AAP, and they told me Paul Atkinson was in Malaya. Then I went round to the yard and gave the whole story to Inspector Marsh here. And you figure there must be some dirty worker, huh, Inspector? <laughs> well, it did seem that something odd was going on. Doubly odd when I rang the Argentine embassy and they denied all knowledge of Alvarez and Loritza. Mm. So the management let us in here while they were away. We were just about to announce ourselves and find out what was what when the doorbell rang and you came in. So you figured you'd wait a while and see what happened, is that it? <laughs> exactly. I say. Mm, what is it? Just as well I'm not a crook, isn't it? I mean, if, if I tried to get away with the Bohemian Star instead of falling the yard... I'd have found myself in a lovely jam, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I shan't pretend we didn't suspect you for a while, Mr. Lyme. But we know now that you're an honest man. That's all right. It's not everyone who'd risk his life the way you've done. Oh, that's that's okay. Here, I I guess you better take this stone, Inspector. I'll be glad to see the last of it. Oh, thanks. Of course, you realize there'll be a reward. Oh, no, no. Please, please. I 
But, but my dear fellow, it's, it's oh, no more no, than you're uh, entitled to. Don't you agree, Mr. Freeman? Oh, certainly. I'll see the matters taken up with the Boconovian authorities, and you'll hear from them in due course. Well, if you insist, though. After all, I was only doing my duty. And you know, Terry, I really did intend writing that story for you. I'm sorry I slipped up on it. <laughs> Hope okay. you didn't get into too much trouble with your news editor. Well, there was a bit of a row, but that's all right. Oh, it will be, old man, it will be. Just wait till he sees the story you've got for him now. returns in just a moment. Maybe I'd better hand in a little explanation. You're wondering what particular stroke of luck or lunacy led your old friend Harry to settle for just the reward, not to try for the diamond itself, at least while the going was good. Well, first of all, it was a very tidy little reward. And secondly, when I first came into that room, I just happened to notice the tip of what was unmistakably the shoe of a policeman sticking out out of the curtains. Now, you may think that knowing I wasn't alone with a couple of crooks, that the realization that Scotland Yard was tuned in on our conversation had something to do with my decision to, shall we say, play it straight. That's what you may think. In fact, you'd be silly not to. Thank you. 
That's the show for today. If you want to hear more Orson Welles, visit the website. Find more old-time radio there as well. Past episodes of this show. Also links there to our forum, Facebook page, Shoutcast stream, and everything else, Relic Radio. Donate from the site as well if you'd like to help support this and all the shows. It's how they're made possible. Thank you very much to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and for RelicRadio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.